you have, as a parent, you have 936 Sundays before your child turns 18. So how you choose to use those Sundays will have an eternal impact on your student, on your child, as well as a lifelong impact on how they view the church. Parents, did you know that when your child is born, you have 936 Sundays with them by the time they turn 18? That sounded really exciting. But I'm, I, <laughs> as a parent of a nine-year-old who is halfway there, I'm going to say that again. Parents, mm. did you know that when your child is born, you only have 936 Sundays with them by the time they turn 18? Again, as a parent of two, one of which, who is nine, halfway to 18, this number kind of freaks me out. But more importantly, it gives me perspective on my remaining time with them under my parental influence. It also allows me to reflect on how I'm doing, modeling my involvement in the church, and how that should look in their lives. Now, today we are joined by Caleb Creel, our student minister here at Graceland, and on a previous parent moment, he mentioned an astounding statistic, which you might say that again today, but of the percentage of high school graduates, right, who basically drop out of church. That's right. When, you, they, when they graduate high school, they yeah. like drop out of church. Mm -hmm. And while the church itself might play a part in engagement and reach, I believe that one of the greatest impacts, if not the greatest impact in our kids' ongoing church involvement begins with the parental involvement. Absolutely. We have such an influence as parents. We have such a positive or negative influence on our kids to make how we spend our time at church and we have a positive or negative influence that we can make on them on how their responsibility shows as Christ followers. Now, I'm going to say this because, again, I'm a parent and just reading some of these things that we're going to talk about today, it can it can sound very condemning. Yeah. We're not here to condemn. We yeah. are not here to judge. Right. But we have, as Christ followers and believers, we have the Holy Spirit. Mm. Uh, Jesus says he gives us a helper. And that helper is here to, it, it, he's kind of our nervous system. He tells us when something's hot. He tells us when something's too cold, when it's dangerous. Yeah. And if we have that feeling, if you're listening and you have this feeling of a guilt, let me just encourage you, that might be conviction. Hmm. Something you might have been doing for two, five, 10 years might not be in your child's best interest. And that's okay for you to know better and then do better. From the famous words of Maya Angelou, right? <laughs> know better, do better. So we're here to help you yeah. um, in that awareness so that right. we, myself included, can do better. Yeah. Right? So Kayla, welcome. Thanks. It's good to be back. Yes. We're so glad to have you. Um, I'm always challenged by our par parent <laughs> moments. Um, but this is one th thing that um, this 936 Sundays, I've, I've talked mm. about it already. It that's not a whole lot. Yeah. Like the years are long, the days are short, and 936 right. is not that much. It's kind of sobering, right? When you sit down and put a, a number to it and Ex it makes you stop and evaluate, okay, wow, that's that's what I have. That's what God's given me. That's And again, that's if God's gracious and gives you all of those, exactly. right? Mm -hmm. So so in light of that, it kind of is a little bit of a wake-up call, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And attendance, while it might sound really legalistic, mm -hmm. some parents... Some uh, adults listening to this may have grown up in an environment where 
they were forced to go to church. It right. wasn't an option and forcing to go to church and not, not being an option, I think can be two different things. Um, but let's talk about why attendance is so important for our students and yeah. let's start there. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the idea behind this, you know, you have, as a parent, you have 936 Sundays before your child turns 18. So how you choose to use those Sundays will have an eternal impact on your student, on your child, as well as a lifelong impact on how they view the church. And I think that's really where the importance of this starts is it, sh- it shows what do I think about the church as a parent, as a Christian, what do I believe? What do I see? So again, that, that idea where we start from is that the church is a beautiful, great thing. And so, so why this isn't legalistic, hopefully, is because I don't want to just hold up a, a list of rules. You've got to be here 936 times. What I really want to hold up is that the church is a gift from God. It's a beautiful, gracious thing that he has given us. Yeah. And so, so often when we don't prioritize the attendance or being a part or gathering with the church, it really shows that that we don't have that that same view. We don't maybe understand just how great this gift is and how beautiful the church really is to be a part of. So, so before I can answer why it's important for students, we really have to start with why it's important for every Christian. Exactly. Okay, let's do that. Why is it important? <laughs> yeah. Right? So it's, we don't come to church because, like you said, there's a box to be checked. Yeah. Um, at least that's not why we should. Right. I think right. some people do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what we're called to come to church on a Sunday. And we say Sundays. We realize, I realize that there are people listening that come, maybe go, maybe you're not at a Grace, at Graceland. Mm-hmm. Maybe you are at a church that is a Saturday attending church. Um, or maybe we're even talking about just church involvement in general. And if yeah. you were to break that down into weeks, you have 936 weeks yeah, yeah, with your child. Um, and so we come to church out of a love and a reverence for Christ and our relationship with our community of mm-hmm. believers. But when we as parents model that we go to church because that's what we do. I'm guilty of saying that. Hmm. Why are we going to church today? Um, Especially when we've spent so many Sundays in our pajamas. Why are we going to church today? Um, Because that's what we do on Sundays. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's to say that is one thing, but maybe to follow up with, we go to church to worship and because we love God and he has set this up for us to be a part of our community and we've really, we really have to model that. It's yeah. not checking a box, yeah. right? And that's, and those are some of the things that make church so beautiful, right? It's mm-hmm. we're, we're gathered around the Word of God. What a powerful thing to say that we come together, we gather to hear something that God has said to us. To that's a pretty big claim, right? Yeah. To say God has spoken to us, and we're gonna sit together, we're gonna gather together and hear what God has to say. Or engaging in worship together. You know, what encouragement it is to to come together with other believers, singing songs together, knowing that not just even us as one church, but the church around the world singing these mm-hmm. songs of praise to God together. Things like baptism and the Lord's Supper, you know, these great, uh, the ordinances as we call them, where, where God is showing who is a part of his body and we're affirming and encouraging each other as we share the Lord's Supper together. Uh, serving each other and being served by others, uh, you know, all the the one another's of the faith, the things that we do together as a body in obedience to God that that are blessings to us and blessings to each other. So as we think about that as as uh, as Christians in general, as adults even, those are the beautiful things that should draw us together as a body. But when you ask the question, you know, what's it? Why is it important for students? There's really, you know, if I were to pick kind of a big three. There's, there's three that come to mind. I mean, I think the first one is that that Christian community. Mm-hmm. You know, students crave community. They, mm-hmm. they crave belonging. They want to know, where do I fit in? Who do I belong with? 
And they look for that in so many places. You know, they look for that friend groups, you know, we dress the same, we have the same hobbies, we, you know, we like to skate, we, we like to play football, whatever those hobbies are that, that draw them together. But what could unite you more than, than the welcome of we're a redeemed body, we're brothers and sisters in Jesus, you know, even, even more unites us as Christians than unites us as brothers and sisters physically. Yeah, uh, I love nothing more than when we were in the student ministry to watch someone bring a friend hmm. who wouldn't normally be connected with their own family to bring a friend into that community and yeah. then to really see that that kiddo um connect yeah. with with other believers it's yeah. that's one of the joys for me right. of watching that happen mm-hmm. the word i keep using is beautiful right yeah. it's, it's just a beautiful thing to, to see happen i think as well about you know in terms of those big three for students that uh, the intergenerational leaders that connect in their life you know we we all need people to look up to we all need mentors and leaders and so for us in particular with student ministry, I, I think one of the best things we do is that we have a variety of age leaders who are connecting with our students, whether that's someone just a few years ahead of them who is college age, or whether that's someone who's a parent or whether someone who's a grandparent. And we see these leaders investing in these students. And when I think back to my experience as a student, you know, I think back to those adults who who cared for me, you know, the the leaders. I think of Karen the pianist, you know, who who loved me. I have a, a journal that she gave me and some other things that she invested in me. Or and now she's she's moved on. She's with the Lord at this point. Or I think of uh, you know the the many other youth pastors who were in the two youth pastors that were in my life growing up who invested in me. Uh, and I think about those people who were formative for my faith uh, and, and who who loved me, who who led me. I think of Danny, a, a father in our student ministry who. Uh, who mentored me for a season. And so all these people that, that came into my life for a season, uh, who showed me what it meant to be a faithful Christian, what it means to, to walk with God in different seasons of life, uh, you know, th- that's one of the, the beautiful things that, that students can find in the church. And by- a big shout out. Yeah. Big shout out. I know you, you shout out to them all the time because they're your leaders, right. but we have... And I'm not being biased. We have the best Absolutely. student leaders here at Graceland. Absolutely. Um, who really pour into their their kiddos' lives and their kiddos being their family, their group. Right. And I also love the opportunity that we then get to give our students to then turn around and be intergenerational for the generation before them. Yeah. That's really incredible to see too. So sorry, I cut you off there. (laughs) No. So, so yeah, we think of Christian community. We think of the intergenerational leaders in their life. And then the last one I would say would be spiritual formation. So when you're a student, you're, you're learning, right? When you're a child, you're learning and you're growing, you're seeing what is important. And so everything we do as a church gives us different pictures of what, it means to be a faithful Christian. So whether that's something we do in terms of the teaching and student ministry or worshiping with students, but even uh, as a church as a whole, you know, the, the larger practices that we go through, you know, things like baptism, things like the Lord's Supper, why do these matter mm-hmm. for the Christian life? So these are the lessons that students will learn by being a part of the church, by and being they involved. Won't, they won't learn that if we're shoving it down their, for, their face, right? Right, right? They won't learn that spiritual formation if... Mm-hmm. They feel like it's just something they have to do. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, attendance is great. I know um, that a, a reason why students don't come. There are a lot of reasons why they don't come. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes a the student themselves don't. They don't come, and sometimes the family isn't. Uh, let's say consistent 
what are some things that pull families and or students away um, or some things that take away from our positive influence as their role models and maybe some encouragement and suggestions around those? Right. Um, because I know we have <clears throat> set some precedent uh, until the, I mean, if you've got a junior in high school, you've more than likely been doing the same thing for the last 17 years of their life. So what are some positive um, things that we can share with those dare I say idols, right, right? Right. Things that take our focus off of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then give us some encouragement around those. Yeah. yeah. So as I get into that, you know, I, like you said, I want to be positive and encouraging in this message uh, in that church is a beautiful thing. It's these values that should draw us into it. Uh, but as we kind of stop and think about the things that get in the way of that, hopefully it doesn't come across as, like you said, legalistic or overbearing but hopefully it does at least help us to stop and reflect for a minute. What are the priorities that, that my decisions reveal? The, yeah. that when and what I, impact do they make? Yeah. I think sometimes we don't, we don't even think about the implications that mm-hmm. our actions have until it's, yeah. dare I say, too late. So, yeah. so what me, are those? Yeah, let me start by acknowledging you. Know, there's some, some real challenges that, that will get in the way sometimes of being able to be there on Sunday morning. So I don't want to sound cold or, or harsh or, or callous that, that for some people, maybe there's sickness or, or physical reasons that, that get in the way of, of gathering on Sunday morning. So, so obviously we're not trying to be, uh, you know, overbearing. Don't come for to church if you're are, sick. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stay home. Right. And, and there's very real reasons you, you might, you know, not be able to be here. Yeah. Maybe, you know, you think of those older members in our, of our church who, mm-hmm. who have been, you know, part of the body for, for so long and now, they wish they could be here. They would give anything to to be with the body, um, but for some reason they're not able to at mm-hmm. that stage in life. So, and then there are other things like uh, you know, as I think of students, fear or nervousness of of walking into a very social mm-hmm. setting, right? And you know, especially a church our side where I'm walking in and there's a hundred other students that can be that's, intimidating. That's intimidating, yeah. So, so I want to acknowledge that that for students there there might be some very real challenges that they're trying to overcome to be a part of this. And, and I'm thankful when, when, a, when I see a student, you know, finally push through that barrier and start mm-hmm. to make those connections. Mm-hmm. Another one of those beautiful pictures that, that you celebrate. And sometimes there's even, you know, past hurt of, of church experiences where yeah. we, we might be Christians, but we're all still sinners. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes when, when you get a bunch of sinners together, we, we sin against each other sometimes. Mm-hmm. So uh, in light of that, there might be past hurt that, that you have to work through. So, not necessarily talking about those things, or, or even obviously in the past year, coronavirus, right? There's been a, yeah. a lot to, uh, to get in the way of, of gathering. But, but let me also make a, a note there. You, know, you, you might assume I'm, I'm only talking about in person right. with, with this right now. You know, let's, so let's make sure to broaden our understanding beyond that. That you know, I'm thankful that as a church, we're doing more than ever before to stay connected mm-hmm. beyond just a Sunday morning in person gathering. You know, there's more opportunities than ever before to engage in community, in discipleship, evangelism, fellowship, beyond that Sunday morning in-person gathering. Right. So so I'm thankful that over this last year we've seen, you know, those opportunities to to stay connected beyond just showing up in yeah. person. The crisis on really thrust us into that. That's right. right? That's right. And, and I celebrate that as I think about all that we've seen happen in the yeah. last year. Now, the things you're talking about, though, these are things that... It doesn't really 
we didn't do that. Like we didn't make ourselves sick. We didn't, maybe our personalities and by our, I mean like student personalities, they are that they are fearful walking into a new social situation. Um, But what about the situations where we kind of uh, self-impose? We, we make the choice to not come. What about those? Yes, absolutely. So a few of those things that maybe we choose. um, And as I think about this, you know, I think about myself included, you know, Mm -hmm. there, there are often times where I've, allowed one of these factors or several of these factors to, so let me just admit, be the first to admit, there are weeks where I, I choose some of these other things. You know, a big one for me probably over the past has been vacation, right? When you're on trips or you're on vacation, uh, it's really easy to say, well, we're, we're out we're of town. We're on vacation, which means we're on vacation from church. Right, right. <laughs> like we need a vacation from church. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's an easy one where, where we're going. But thankfully, again, online participation mm-hmm. over this last year, I've found great opportunities to stay stay connected even while away. Um, a big one for students, of course, as they grow up is is work. You know, mm-hmm. as as you're a student, you're you're trying to you finally get your license. Now you're excited to be able to drive, but you need gas money, so you've got to get a job. But you go to school all day long and then you probably have practice after school for something. So the only opportunity you can really work is over the weekend or maybe some late nights. So if you think of Sunday that's one of the prime times to get in, you know, four to six hours mm-hmm. of, of work, right? And, and even many jobs for teens, if you say I'm not working Sunday, they might not even be interested in you because yeah. they've got other people who would. So, so especially for juniors and seniors, you know, it becomes easy to, to see work as a conflict. Um, another, another big one, and this is maybe a sacred cow, so a little, little dangerous here, though, would, would be sports, right? Oh, it's huge. It's, it's very huge. Yeah. And we used to live by a school baseball field, uh, so every morning, you know, we'd be leaving for church, and we'd, we'd see people starting to roll up, and then we'd be coming back later, and we'd see, you know, of course, the, the field is, is full, so... And really, I've seen a shift too, where we were always, my, I had two brothers growing up, we were always involved in sports, um... But there was a shift at some point where you mm. almost couldn't participate or if you, you could participate, but you wouldn't necessarily get playtime if you weren't involved in like the extra sports. Yeah. And those extra sports were the ones that were being played on Saturdays and Sundays right. an hour away. So it's not like you could just hit the field yeah. after church or. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's that is, let's acknowledge still a that, huge thing. Yeah. that pressure for parents. Like, yeah. so if, if I don't show up on Sunday, then is my kid going to get. Uh, the playing time, is my kid going to start to fall behind everyone else? If yeah. my kid falls behind, are they going to make their high school team? Yep. If they don't make the high school team, will they get a scholarship to play in college? So all of a sudden, you've got all these things on the line to try to keep up. So that's a, a real pressure that parents mm-hmm. probably feel and that, that students might feel as well. So, and then of course, you know, there's just the other things of what I do on Saturday that now I'm waking up Sunday morning and I'm tired and yeah. it's a lot easier just you know, to work, to let laziness kind of creep in. Yeah. So I kind of, uh, I tried to be generous in these numbers, but I assigned some, some numbers of thinking through, you know, 936 is okay. where we started yes. as a family, right? Already freaking me out, but go ahead. Yep. So we started there. Now let's say like two trips, two vacations a year from birth to 18. So 36 Sundays. Now let's say we do rec league for a third of the year, you know, missing Sundays. That's, that's 121 between middle and high school. Okay. Do that a third of a year. Uh, work 11th and 12th grade. If I missed say two Sundays a month for work, that's another 48. Wow. And then if we just choose to, uh, to sleep in, you know, once one week a month every year, 
that's that's 216. So that's adding up. So all that adds up to, and again, that's me trying to be a little bit generous there. Out of 936, now we've chosen to skip 421 Sundays as as a family. That's almost half. That's almost half. So now we've gone from 936 Sundays to 515 Sundays. Yeah. So this to say, you know, awareness. Like yeah. being aware of how quickly that adds up and how much um, detriment that adds to our role model right. and what we're trying to show them the importance of right. um, our involvement at church. Right. So what we what we model for our students shows them our values, right? Yeah. It shows them what we prioritize and what we uh, what we care about. So so when you know so thinking of these things, you know, and again, those were just kind of the the arbitrary things that I thought of yeah. might get in the way. So as you think about them. What are we modeling when we when we choose those things? You know, we it shows we value our fears or our nervousness over fellowship. Mm-hmm. Shows we value our past hurts over reconciliation. Shows we value our vacations or our fun over worship. We value athletic achievement over spiritual formation. We value making money over making disciples, and we love our sleep more than our sanctification. Wow. So as we think about the values we're modeling, what do we expect our teenagers to value for the rest of their lives? Yeah. So a key verse kind of thing about this to call us is, is Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Uh, and of course, this is a good one we think of when, it, when we think of gathering as a church. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So the reason I picked out these verses and want to share them is uh, what this verse tells us is that holding fast to our faith is directly connected to meeting together. And so as I reflect on my personal experience with friends who graduated from high school with me, those who remained faithful by and large were those who continued involving gathering with the body. And more often than not, those who walked away from the faith had already stopped attending church long before that. So as I think about this verse, God uses the church to preserve our faith. That's that's what I think the book of Hebrews tells us, is he's given us this body to keep us faithful, to keep us growing, to keep us moving forward in sanctification. So why is attendance so important for students? It's because attendance, being a part of the church, is essential for keeping us faithful. Yeah, that is really good. Um, I know that with a lot of these things, parents make the choice for their students because they think that's what's best for them, for their futures, or they want to keep them happy. I know parents yeah. make those choices. Um, sometimes, though, I think parents give students the option mm. of, of whether or not to come to church. And while I am of the of the thought that I think students can have options yeah. within church. I think that's good because some yep. people, some people's personalities, they need the choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but the option of whether or not to come to church, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah. No, I think the thinking behind that is, is a positive thing. You know, mm-hmm. they, and it even traces back to our conversation about change in our previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, ultimately I think parents want to see that desire in their student, right? They want to see a student, see their child want to be a part of the church. And so yeah. they kind of give them that freedom to to choose it. And, you know, as a parent, 
you probably feel like you're constantly fighting battles, right? You're constantly choosing which hills do I die mm-hmm. on? You know, wake up on time, clean your room, do your homework, get a job, wash the dishes, you know, all these things you're constantly. So then you get to Sunday morning and maybe you find yourself running into another battle. Like, okay, get up, get dressed, find your Bible and let's hopefully be, you know, within five or 10 <laughs> minutes of start time, right? Uh, yeah. To get to church. So, so there's that once again, you find yourself and it's, it's hard, I'm mm-hmm. sure, as a parent. So, and, and as a student grows up, you start to give more freedom, right? That's just something you do with, with your children is you want to see, uh, see your, your children growing. So maybe you're, uh, maybe you're a teenager, you're starting to explore freedoms and, and give opportunities to make choices. And maybe church is one of those things that you're not seeing as much interest. So when you see that, that's a good opportunity for a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what so so why is this something you're not as interested in now what yeah. what experiences have you had uh, and i encourage you know parents lean, lean into that conversation but it's also a good opportunity for for a teaching moment right so i think about for me when i was in 8th grade uh we were a part of a church where uh me and my sisters really didn't connect really well and largely that was because the church was in a different county so all the students went to yeah. a different different school so we didn't really interact with them as much uh, and our parents gave us kind of the freedom to, to speak into, hey, what other churches might uh, we connect with better? And, and gave us, you know, even the, the freedom to help help make that that search and make that decision. I really wanted to go to church where my friend Matt was in the youth band. You know, it was a high cool. energy, it was cool a fun dude. church. Yeah. Uh, parents went with us. Uh, and, and unfortunately, like, they picked up on some some things where they said, well, this is really some, some theological issues mm-hmm. here. And so they helped. It was a teaching moment for them. Mm-hmm. They helped helped us even learn what should we be looking for uh, when we're deciding where we'll land uh, and worship with yeah. with believers. So thankfully we landed in you know a biblically sound church and over time we became connected and, and ultimately it greatly influenced my spiritual formation and even preparing me for ministry. You know, but, but I'm thankful they allowed me to be a part of the conversation. Yeah. You know, that's so hard though, because if you have more than one child, it doesn't take you long to figure out they're different. Yeah. And they're different from yeah. the beginning. And what connects one child might not connect the other child. And, and then you put them in a, a group of a whole bunch of other kids that are also different from each other. Right. And while the difference um, is something that should be encouraged, I think it's good for kids to intermingle with other kids that are different from them. Yeah. But going to the, the personality, you know, I had two brothers I mentioned earlier. Our expectations of church attendance and church involvement were the same for mm-hmm. all three of us. But our experiences, if we talk about it as adults, and we often do, our experiences were different. We were in the same home growing up, but we had three completely different experiences. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our our church attendance and church involvement as adults are very different from each other, um, regardless of how our parents raise us. So I guess a little bit of encouragement too. One, it's hard to juggle what's good for one kid isn't necessarily the best for another, but um, there still is a God sovereignty in a lot of this. Yeah. Um, your, your kids are going to grow up, they're going to make their own choices and it's not a direct reflection, mm-hmm. um, of necessarily how you raise them. Yeah. Um, but still it's important to know that the impact that we can make, but man, right. I, I'm just looking to the day. I know it's going to come where I just am devastated yeah. <laughs> because of a choice that my kiddos mm-hmm. make, but regardless, we as humans get that choice. We get mm-hmm. that right. And um, I guess that privilege. Uh, but 
you know, I think this is really good for parents to hear, but for some encouraging words, because a lot of this is, oh, I'm sure people are, are thinking, man, I really screwed that one up, <laughs> myself included. There's always time to say, right. okay, I know better now. I'm going to do better. But what are some encouraging words to parents who are listening, thinking maybe as they've listened to this, well, I've just screwed my kids mm. up entirely. I've done this all wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, there's there's grace in our imperfection, right? And that's, Hallelujah. Amen. That's, that should always be what, what motivates us as Christians, mm-hmm. right? Is Ultimately, the gospel is a story of redemption, right? Where we've messed up and God has redeemed our imperfections. He's brought us into his family and and he's accepted us as his children. So definitely as you're walking through those conversations with your children, you have been given that role of, of authority in their lives where it is obviously your responsibility to model what is right for them. You think of that proverb, right? You know, raise up a child in the way he should go. And at the same time, you're trying to do something that you don't have the power to do. You know, only God has the power to change hearts and to change the desires of the heart. So when it comes to uh, why do I still think as a, a parent you should insist on your children coming to or gathering with the church with you, it, t- it goes back to desires. And, and what ultimately shapes our desires is, is our habits, the things that we do regularly. And when we go through the rhythm of, of being a part of the life of the church, of seeing that beauty, whether or not we love it at the moment, we're, we're learning, we're seeing what has God given us in the church? What are What is this beautiful gift of a body of redeemed, broken sinners brought together to worship our King and Savior? And so as you do that, again, only the Spirit of God has the power to, to cause your child to fall in love with Jesus and to fall in love with the church. So as a parent, beg God to move, beg God to do what he can only do, and be faithful to speak that word to your children of, of displaying the gospel, of allowing them to be a part of the church body where the gospel's on display in, in so many ways in what we do. And then ultimately love is going to be the, that compelling force that, that leads your, your children again towards that gospel of seeing that you, you're insisting on these things out of love for them, right? You're, you're continuing to, to fight that battle and die on that hill out of love for your child. And, and who knows when, when that might happen, when they might find, when that gospel finally might click, that seed might start to grow in their heart. So as you go through that, you know, the gospel is a message of redemption. Maybe, maybe you, you have missed it. Maybe you've watched endless Sundays roll by without engaging in the life of the body. But guess what? God is calling you towards redemption. He's, he's calling you back into that fellowship and, and he wants you and, and your family to be a part of that beautiful body and to taste that, taste that beauty and taste that, that freedom that only comes through Christ. I love that so much. I thank you for your time with us. I thank you for your uh, awareness to bring. Um, sometimes we, we go on autopilot and we just do the things that we've been doing and we don't stop and think maybe this, this might not be the best for my family or for my Mm -hmm. kids or for myself. And so I appreciate your time with us and your encouragement around that because, you know, we're all in this together. And like you said, we're, there is no such thing as a perfect parent. Uh, There's no such thing as perfect Christianity. Um, And so may we all be encouraged whether we're parents or not to um, really look at our involvement at, at church and our community at church as something that should be cherished um, and not something that is an obligation. Yeah. So thank you for joining us. I have a couple final th- final uh, questions for you to lighten this up. Okay. It's a new year. We're All in a right. new year. 
I know you love these. Yeah, these aren't the ones. Absolutely. You That's right. You can't prepare for these. That's right. So you don't let me study you for out. these. I know. <laughs> I don't. I don't give you these. Uh, we're in a new year. Do you set resolutions or goals? I do. And especially, yeah, the last five years. Oh. And it's been fun. Okay. <laughs> It's been fun. It's fun, fun. Okay. So last year I was four for seven. I don't know if that's encouraging or discouraging. Okay. Yep. And so it's fun. I I journal them and then I spend around New Year's each year. I'm a little late this year. Yeah. Uh, So do you have your, you don't have to share them with us, but do you have your goals set for 2021? As of last night. So January 4th, I finally wrote wrote them down. And how many do you have? I think I went with five this year, five. Try, trying to scale back. Okay, so tell us one thing that you're comfortable with that you're doing to improve <laughs> upon who is Caleb Creel this year. Who is Caleb Creel? Uh, so I really, I've never done well with this, but I really want to engage in Sabbath a little better hmm. this year. And so Saturday, of course, for me has to serve as a Sabbath with being on staff at the church. Yeah. So, uh, so with that, trying to set, you know, all right. Yeah, so what does I've, that look like? So I've got the workload I've got to accomplish, right? Okay, well, give myself the six days, Sunday through Friday, to focus on that. Mm-hmm. And Saturday is for my walk with God, my relationship with Molly, uh-huh. and the hobbies and fun that I want to have. Oh, um, that's good. So trying to set that aside, trying to make sure I take care of everything else throughout the week. And now I've got a lot of accountability for that because it's uh, recorded. So that, that'll be good. <laughs> we, we will check back in with you next time to see how you are doing. That sounds good. Um, you're doing with that goal. Accountability, another one of those beautiful blessings it's, of the yes, church. Yes, thank you for the church, Jesus. We appreciate that. Right. Um, one thing you're looking forward to in 2021. One thing I'm looking forward to. Hmm. A lot of things I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Well, a lot of things I'm cautiously optimistic I know, about looking I know. forward it's, to. I saw this. I, I don't know. It's not a meme, but it was like, nobody claimed 2021. <laughs> <laughs> don't like walk in quietly and don't touch anything. Right. So I know it's it's cautiously optimistic, right. like you said. Yeah, man. Are you going on vacation anytime? Are you, are you yeah, changing... Wow. What you got? There, there's so many tentative plans. Let's just. <laughs> I, you're almost afraid <laughs> to say them out loud. It, I really am. You're I afraid, really am afraid you to don't say them out jinx loud. It. I, I looked back at a uh, start of 2020 and I was like, I can't wait for. Oh no. All of these things ahead, and then, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So we're uh, we're trying to plan uh, a trip to meet up with my family in Florida. So my younger sister lives down there, and, nice. and we're looking forward to. Uh, getting together in St. Petersburg and, nice. and hanging out down there. So well, that's something to look forward to. Yes. And, hey, you might get good airplane rates, right? right? Flight rates. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, and, and there's so many others related to student ministry that, again, I'm just yeah. afraid to say out yeah. loud, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to <laughs> pursue these opportunities and, and hope to do. <laughs> And again, if you're listening to this, you should see his face. Yeah. Like he doesn't even want it to come out of his mouth. He just wants to, your face is cautiously That's optimistic right. right now. That's right. Yeah. I love that. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're excited about the year ahead for your students. I think that's important. So students, if you're listening or parents of students, if you're listening, clearly he has some big plans on the horizon right. and you'll just have to show up Stay and find tuned. out what they are. Stay tuned. Exactly. Um, well, thanks again. Uh, parents, you have, again... If you have not written this number down, you have 936 Sundays with your student until they turn 18 and they're on their own or they are on to make their own choices. And 
there is no such thing as perfect parenting, but we do have the blessing to show our students what a beautiful relationship we can show with the community of our church by coming to church, by being involved in church. And take this as encouragement that even if you've, you've listened to this and you're doing some things that maybe not not the best, it's okay. It's okay to, to turn a new leaf. It's okay. Tomorrow's a new day. And we're just glad to do it with you, to do it together. If you don't have a church that you're attending here in the Southern Indiana area, we would love for you to join us at Grayson. We are in person Monday, not Mondays, Sundays uh, at 9 and 1030. And as of January, what's our next January? What's the date? I should have that date. As of the second January of the year. We are in person and student ministry is actually happening. So join us. We would love to have you. Um, and we look forward to seeing you here. If you are listening to us for the first time and this is your first moment with us, please make sure to check out other moments, other episodes. You can click on the more episodes link and find out other parenting moments or moments with our other pastors, uh, Larry, Nate, or Ryan. And if you would love, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at Graceland Church Online, where you can get back behind the scenes footage. You can be a part of our polls and you can be involved in our church and community that way. So until next week, take care. All right, before we hit pause, let me give, yeah, uh, uh, even before you said I was saying, yeah, I can't at least say we're starting small groups back this yeah. Sunday. So let me at least uh, give you that one and then hopefully you can edit back in okay. somehow. Okay. But. So I am really excited that one thing I can say for sure is this Sunday we are starting small groups back in person for student ministry. And we are so pumped. We've been working hard to get set up. We we painted the loft. So that That's was fun. Ex- I saw that. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah. So really excited to be doing some updates and, and just getting things uh, back in order for students uh, to be, be together for small groups in person. And we are so pumped for that. I've been looking forward for weeks to that. So Yes. And that is January 10th. 10th. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to that too, not only for students, but for adults as well. I'm tired of creeping through the corner, sitting in my seat, and then turning around and going home. I, I need yeah, that community. So. Absolutely. Me Thanks too. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Looking forward to that. Me too. <laughs>